Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday mornings come around again, and it's time for Let's Talk Gardening. Hey, gardening friends, how are you all? Nice to be here. I have Linda Michener in the studio with me this morning from Green Life Soil Co. And the team is here. We've got Bev and we've got John out there. And we'd like to thank the naughty but nice Alan Simons for the breakfast show today. Alan was supported uh, by Peter Kelly. Good on you, boys. Thank you very, very much. And also Jim Crinan wrapped up breakfast this morning with a cycling update. And you can catch Jim again next Saturday morning. Today's show is sponsored by Latitude Lakeland's Christmas Market Day celebrations and you are invited. On tomorrow, 9am to 2pm, Balambi Chase in Lakelands. Linda Michener, good morning. So lovely to have you here whilst Faye's having herself a little bit. She's a busy girl. Oh, yes. yes, She's she's... a busy girl. She's got lots going on. So she carved out a little bit of time off and I don't blame her. And uh, thank you for... The filling in and yep. you've got a long trek haven't you to come in in the morning so i yeah you're on what time do you get on the road to get oh, here it takes about an hour oh good yeah. grief <laughs> yeah well thank you so so much and it's been a whirlwind perth garden festival would you say it was a success was it a success for you yeah it, it was uh for us as a as a business because we do soils we don't really sell a lot from the show because people yeah. love to take plants home but they're yeah. not terribly keen on lugging home a 20 kilo bag Quite right yeah but for us it's a it's an excuse to uh, get out and meet people customers existing and new customers and just let people know who we are and what we do and what you've got coming through absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and showcase Wise, new products yeah. and things and um, I think it was a success from the point of view they had good numbers through mm. and uh, everybody I've spoken to since has has enjoyed it they they found it was a you know good day out and yeah. there was lots of really good things to look at and yeah. most people find a little treat or two to take home on the Do day they? Oh, you know. <laughs> I'm teasing you exactly. my god you're speaking it's pe- preaching to the converted here I don't it's all me I don't have enough arms <laughs> no that's true I know the parcel pickup yeah, people are busy. quite busy that's yeah. right yeah, yeah no, so I, no, I cannot resist. I could not. I'm like a, 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 a you know, spoiled kid in a lolly shop. Well, that's what yeah. gardeners love, don't they? We do. New we do. And, mm. Yeah, no, it is it is obsession. But no, I enjoyed it. I went on the Thursday. I sort of thought oh, I'll jump in early and I knew I had a busy weekend and uh, in the idea to beat the crowds as well. And uh, no, it was a really nice afternoon. Mm. And uh, yeah, I did see you, as I was saying to you, off air in the distance working away. <laughs> And uh, you guys look like you had a, a, a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it is. It's tiring because you're talking all day long and and you're on your feet. But no, it is. It's it's good. Positive. And you and you won the Organic Consumers Choice Awards. So we'll get back to that. But uh, yeah, we want to know all about that as well for Lovely. Green Life Soil Co. Mm-hmm. We will go to your kind because we have Joe on the phone. How are you, Joe? I'm fine, thank you very much. Um, I have um, a rather, um, anyhow, uh, we have a backyard fence line, which is about 
altogether about 20 metres. Um, and on top of that, we've, uh, we planted some jasmine some years ago. Now it must be about 12 years ago, which is lovely. And it's just thick, absolutely thick with blossom. Not one bee. I was wondering, is there any problem with that? Not one bee. Yes, exactly. I don't know what's wrong. We have pansies growing underneath uh, with we, um, Sweet William um, in the garden itself. But on the fence line, it is just absolutely thick, thick, thick with jasmine, but not one bee to be found. Oh, it's time to get a beehive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I like. I don't know what we're doing wrong or don't they have, have bees gone off jasmine? <laughs> Yeah, you would think. And do you have bees anywhere else in your garden, Joe? No, no. Not, uh, even down even down with the pansies, there's no bees. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, that's, that's weird. It really is. It really is. Because I know bees are rampant at the moment oh, wherever I, I go. Know. Mm. Yeah, perhaps there's just not a, a lot in your area and perhaps there's something else that they are preferring over the jasmine. <laughs> I guess they have their, their favourite foods. But it is, it's unusual, I would su- suggest. If you've got a lot of blossom, you usually attract a lot of For sure. yeah, pollinators and things. Hmm. It really is quite thick of, you know, sort of, I mean, you, ca- you can't put your finger in between them. That's how thick it is. So, must be you know. wonderful and yeah, smell must- incredible. Yes, it's lovely. <laughs> Even the house smells lovely. Oh, it's yes. lovely. Yeah. Um, okay, no answers. No. Not no. We don't have an explanation. Shall, shall, shall we stick a shall we stick a sticker outside and say bees are welcome? <laughs> yes, invite them. Yeah, I guess all we can suggest is planting bee attracting plants. If you really want to draw them in, you know, go for winners that you know are going to attract bees into the garden. Uh, well, we thought we thought the jasmine would, yeah. and, and and it has over the years. But this year and last year, not one bee to be found. And what about water? Do you have a shallow bath? Oh yes, no. We have um, we have a bird bath and we water uh, twice a week, and and uh, there's no hassles with water. No, and the birds come into the bird bath, so it's not the bird. It's not. Um, and every now and then we have a little wasp that flutters around the water as well. But there are no bees. No chemicals or insecticides no, going on in your garden? No, we, we don't use anything whatsoever. Uh, yeah. It's just normal. Yeah, no, it okay. remains a mystery, Joe. Okay, well, I think it's rather sad. But thank you very much for all your right. time. Uh, sorry to bother you. Not okay, at all. Thank you. Not at all. Okay. You take care. Cheers for that. Thank you. Bye-bye. And... This morning we're chatting with Phil Janoni and we're talking about the open garden that's happening this weekend, Queller Garden. Now that's in Banjup, so at 20 past, which is not very far away, we'll be chatting to Phil about the Queller Garden. I saw this garden a few years ago and can absolutely recommend it uh, for people to go along and have a look. It uh, is very well done, a very spacious garden and some beautiful features in it. And at five past nine, our buddy Chris Ferreira from the Forever Project is popping in he's going to bring us up to date with what he's been up to and and an eco apartment launch that he's been working on for quite some time and he's going to explain exactly what that means what it's all about so chris ferreira joining us in the studio at five past nine as well and there's a lot of events happening 
this weekend and we've got a lot of emails to get through. So grab yourself a pen and paper as well because I will give you the details of the events that are happening this weekend and uh, hopefully you can get along to one or all, depending on how busy or not busy or what you can do. But it's it's that time of the year, isn't Certainly, it? Certainly, yes. There's lots going on all over the town. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And we were just saying off air, it's been such a mild spring so far, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been, yeah, a um, long time since I can remember one where yeah. it has been this cool for so At long. At this time of yes, the year. Yep. Where yesterday, you know, the, that wind was so cold, I had to, you know, get a jacket, take the dog out walking and think, oh, hang on a minute, I'm going to have to put a jacket on here. Yes. Uh, it's crazy. It was it was, an aw- it was yesterday, the wind anyway, I thought it was awful, uh, it just sort of went straight through you. It was really unpleasant. Yes, And I just thought, what is, what is this? Yeah, so we just have to roll with it. It's what we're We do, being dealt. we do. I think uh, in some ways it's kinder on our gardens. Absolutely. In, 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 yeah, yeah, and um, it's given me, in particular when it is such a busy time of year, that little extra window to do things in, say, the veggie garden because things are so much later. Exactly. So, yeah. so and we'll touch on that as well as mm. what people can be thinking about uh, next for their veggies. And uh, I did print off some of the information that you have on your wonderful uh information page that members can actually join for free and uh, touched on plants and vegetables and things that are happening at Green Life Soil and Co and uh, keep us up to date season to season so we'll go through that as well when we get a chance but if you want to kick off with a couple of emails if you think you can unravel a oh, few sure. yes there's a few here and Thank you. I'll go through them so uh, Alison has sent in uh, a couple of questions she's picked some flowers from her garden and dashed out to grab yeah. something as a filler. Now I must thank Ray because she actually identified this one. It was something I said, oh yes, I've seen that, but I can't remember what it was called. And it's actually a purple smoke bush. Yeah. Uh, one of my faves. No, I haven't got one in my garden, but I'd like to because I adore the colour of the foliage. Yes, it's, as the name would suggest, a purple kind of tinge to it, purple reddish colour. So it is very striking. And uh, from what I've just had a quick read about, they're pretty tough. Yeah. And um, you can hedge them, you can keep them trimmed small. Uh, I think they can grow. Uh, obviously, there are different varieties. Some are mm. bigger growing than mm. others, but around three metres seems to be average. So they're yeah, gorgeous. Very attractive. So that answers that question. Yeah, and it makes a great foliage in a vase. Yes, as you can see from the beautiful Photo. bunch of mixed flowers that she's got here with some lovely roses. There's mm. some beautiful ones. The roses there. are spectacular mm. so far, fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah. And she's also uh, been striking lots of high hydrangeas from her own garden and she was looking for uh, some secondhand uh, pots. Um, I'm not sure if you're a member of any uh, social media pages but oftentimes there's exchanges that you can you can pick up in your neighborhood from that. Mm. Other than that some nurseries do have a uh, like a pot recycling, recycling. station. Mm. I know we do out at Green Life. Yeah, great. We've got a crate there so people can bring in their used plastic pots and just drop them off and then other people can come along and rummage through and just take what they need. So mm. that's a good way to keep them out of landfill. Um, they are actually recyclable through your yellow bin if they're clean, but if people can reuse them, it's a much better option. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yep. I even think uh, Faye had a, some this week or last week on Facebook page, and I think she even put some out there for you know anyone that wants to come and collect them. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Oftentimes, too, uh, landscaping companies, because they're doing like big planting jobs, they yeah. will have 
masses of them to give yeah. away. So sometimes it's just a matter of a bit of detective work and a few phone calls. And, and you might be you're able to in find business, some. Mm, quite absolutely. right. Because people hate throwing them and if you can use them, they're yeah. very happy to pass them along. I must say I collect them because I do reuse them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've always got something weird going on in my garden <laughs> some experiment <laughs> well as gardeners you, you do yeah, you tend to plant yeah. things out and just stack them up yeah, and then you yeah. turn around one day and think hmm yeah exactly <laughs> exactly we're all guilty yeah what's living under there yeah exactly yeah. yes uh, so that's that one and I've got another one in front of me from Josephine in uh, the Kelmscott Hills who has a passion fruit vine uh, she cut it back a few months ago and she covered the stem uh, with something, with a stocking, she said, and covered it with Vicks because I think she was trying to deter the snails and rats. And sometimes Does Vicks work? I think it would to a degree because rats don't like smelly things, mm. but it depends how hungry the rats are, yeah. really. It's, mm. They can be one of the hardest things to, to deal with, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, anyway, she said she left it there a little long and it's caused some stem rot. She's used an anti-rot spray and she thinks that there's parts of the stem that look healthy and she's just asking if she you know, thinks that it will callus over and will it recover. Just from the pictures that she sent through, I would suggest it would recover. Sometimes the passion fruit stems look pretty terrible. I've had some that have been, you know, chomped by snails and things like that, but the mm. actual vine itself remains healthy. So I would suggest keep an eye on it. Uh, as the weather begins to warm up, if it ever does, mm -hmm. the plant should be putting on lots of new healthy growth if you've given it a trim and a feed. So I'd really just keep an eye on it and I, I think you'll be fine. You do? Yeah. Okay, that's good news. Hmm. All right, and just getting back to the award you won, the Organic Consumers' Choice Awards, what was that? What is it all about? Explain that to us. Uh, there's a not-for-profit organisation called the Centre for Organic Research, and they're the people behind Compost Awareness Week as well, and that's really, I guess, their their whole thing is to um, – it's about recycling and education, educating the public for, um, you know, or, organics generally speaking mm. and they have this uh, award every year and it's a, a voting award so it's people's choice mm. they have a number of different categories and uh, we entered under what is the organic specialist um, and yeah it's a, a, a public vote yeah so we just put it out there to our customer base and yeah. we're very very grateful that we got the um, the votes to, to win it yeah. so yeah yeah, well very done. pleased. So yeah. it's nice, nice yeah. recognition. And, and yeah. it's even more special because it comes from our customers that have voted yeah. us. So. Yeah, mm. as well. And I must ask you, I was reading a little bit on your website yesterday too. We must talk a little bit about the Frass. What's it called again? Yeah, Sassy Frass. Frass. Sassy yeah. Frass, I love the name. <laughs> so I'd love to learn more about that because it's now ready to go. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay, brilliant. 94841927 is our number. And coming up after the break, we're going to be chatting with Phil Giannone, uh from the beautiful Koala Gardens, which is open this weekend in Banjup. Now we'll learn a lot more about what you could expect to see that you, if you hopefully can get along. Radio. Appreciate your company this morning. It's 21 minutes after 8. And shortly we'll be speaking to Phil Giannone from the Quella Gardens. Now, Phil's wife, Bronwyn, there's a family connection there, which is uh, 
is great. Uh, going back into my family, so I look forward to speaking to Phil. We haven't spoken for a while and uh, we will be crossing with him. Now, we have another email that we can knock over, Linda. Uh, yes, there's a few here. Um, there's another Linda who has contacted us. She's in Pingley and she has said she's got a heap of shredded paper and she's wondering if she could use it around the garden. Mm. Um, she's got pretty heavy clay soil. And yes, you can certainly use paper in the garden if you have a compost or a bin or a worm farm. It's probably a good idea to add it through that because it will break down pretty quickly. Yeah. But you can dig it into the soil, but uh, you would need to uh, make sure there's a bit of moisture there for it to start to rot down because if it, the soil is really dry, it's not going to do much. It'll sit there for a long time. Mm. But basically, paper is from a tree, uh, plants, as you know, so ultimately it, it's adding organic matter yeah, as it does yeah, break as down. It breaks so, down. Yeah. And worms love it, actually, shredded yes, paper. They do too. Mm. Yes, I must put a bit into my worms' farms, actually, because they like a bit of roughage. They certainly do. Yeah, yeah, yeah they need a varied diet as well. <laughs> I know. All right, now we do have Phil online. We're talking about the Queller Garden in Banjo. Phil, good morning. Good morning. Okay, I can hear that we've got a very clicky line here, Phil. I don't know if you can hear it at your end, but uh, we we shall do our best. If it's really, really bad, we might get uh, Bev to ring you again and see if we can clear that. We'll see how we go. First of all, my regards to uh, yourself and Bronwyn. I was saying just on air that there's a there's a distant family connection, is there not, between myself and uh, my family and uh, your family? Yeah, yeah. Now tell me, it's been a few years since Queller was open, or am I mistaken? It is. Well, obviously COVID got in the way of sure us opening the garden. Mm. This will be the fifth time we've opened. Normally we open every two to three years. And basically, we just want people to come and enjoy a very large five-acre garden, um, only a bush setting, but then around the house, it's all surrounded by um, roses and a massive fernery, a lot of azaleas, camellias. Um, yeah, it's just a very pretty, relaxing... It really is a, a beautiful setting. And you've got that gorgeous uh, fish ponds that are enormous, actually. It is. That was some of my handiwork about 20 years ago when I was much younger and fitter. And it's 30 metres long and 10 metres wide. Now, the fish pond has actually got three different waterfalls that run into it, mm. circulate water and um, full of koi. And that's, again, set in a magnificent um, like bush setting amongst gum trees and paper bark. So it's just a beautiful, shady place sit and relax. Yeah, no. And yeah. How, how much work has gone into preparing this for, for the, the public to come and have a look at? Well, we've got magazine gardeners. We're in the garden regardless of... It, it, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, but we basically we've been working dawn to dusk. We both work as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so every fair minute after work and weekends, um, yeah, unfortunately it's been a We've had a fair bit of rain, so the weeds, as all your, your listeners will know, just kept popping up overnight. Oh, yeah. Um, so the work is, um, as much as it's been, it's been very satisfying. We've got a lot of pleasure out of the garden. Oh, yeah. Actually wandering around and at the end of the day, wandering around with a, a glass of wine, looking at all the, the beautiful work we've achieved for the day. Very satisfying. Yeah. Very satisfying. Yeah. And you've got some beach hats happening? 
Um, yeah, we've got we actually keep bees on the property, and so the the lady that looks after the hives for us, she'll be coming over and giving um, talks to anyone that's interested on bees, and also selling all the produce off the property, which will be honey, honeycomb, uh, beeswax candles. So it should be quite good. And you've got classic cars, vintage classic cars on display? My great, I've got two weak, three weaknesses in life. One is, <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> the, 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 the second is gardening, and third is I collect English cars. Oh, beautiful. I, I have a collection of English cars from 1936 through to 1970, um, mainly Jaguars. There's an E-type Jaguar, there's a, a Daimler T50, there's a Mark V Jaguar, uh, and they'll all be on display so people can wander around, um, you know, and just look at how the cars progressed over the years from mm. the, the 30s through to the 70s and see some of them are the best that England could produce at the time and others were just everyday common transport, you know, that were built for the masses. And what's the solar, solar system you've got there, Phil, that the property is running on? How does that work? Um, two, about three years ago, uh, and two friends came together, and they kind of lost the solar system. So we're no longer connected to Western Power at all, so we haven't seen one of their horrible builds in two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so basically we've got... A massive array of solar panels, uh, a large battery bank, and that will run the house every day of the year, more or less. Um, in summer, it will run reverse cycle air conditioning, uh, you know, as you would in a normal household. So, and the the very smart man that installed and designed all this, he'll be here today and tomorrow to talk about it. He'll be talked on sustainability, you know, and off grid and solar generation, you know, which is definitely the way of the future. Oh, absolutely. And you can see, you know, you can actually see a live living experiment. Um, We had a few setbacks in the early days trying to master it, but for the last two years, basically, we don't even realise it's there. Fantastic. So I think for everyone that's going to come along on the weekend, and hopefully a lot of your listeners will, uh, there'll be something for everyone, whether you're, you're a magazine gardener or interested in cars yeah. or interested, you know, in just having a beautiful picnic yeah. on a, a nice um, lawned area. Piece of lawn. And you, I notice you've got sausage sizzle and Devonshire teas, all of that happening as well. We we have. And where all that's set up is right in front of um, a stand of Malalukas, which yes. has been classed by... The, uh, by Murdoch Uni has been some of the oldest surviving Malalukas in the metropolitan area. They said there's a few that are possibly over 400 years old. Oh, my word. And, yeah. and yeah, basically they are the centrepiece of the garden. Um, 25 years ago when we bought the property, we looked at a few properties and we just fell in love with the garden. Yeah. And more so than the house or anything Yeah, else. of course. The yeah. garden had good bones and then we've spent 25 years basically sculpting and getting it to the way that we love it. Oh, my goodness. And, and everyone knows that gardening never ends, so we've had never. some really good successes and we've had some pretty bad um, like failures over the years. So that oh, of course. Of gardening. That's gardening. And you, um, but, yeah, we just carry on and, and 
every every year the garden. <laughs> I don't know if it should do, but every year the garden gets slightly bigger. Oh, of course, um, yes, yeah. yes. I'm <laughs> sure it's problem, developed and matured. Yes, it's, I saw it. And uh, fundraising to Native Ark Wildlife Rescue. Couldn't think of a better cause. Yeah, Native Ark Wildlife Rescue were based on the edge of Brooklyn Lake. Mm. And they basically take any or injured native animals. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, there are a lot in this day and age, a lot of cars on the road, a lot of them get um, you know, injured through cars or other things. But over the years, we've taken... Probably about three or four in there, and mm. they are a beautiful organisation with very little funding. Yeah, so we thought that we'd try and you know put something back into the community. Appreciate that so. very very much. Wish you all the luck this weekend. That you have the weather gods on your side as well, uh, and you're uh, you are located at twenty three Muir Court in Banja. That's right. And you're open ten a.m. to four p.m. each day today and tomorrow. That's right, and. Once you get on the Armadale Road, it's very well signposted off Armadale Road. So down the freeway, onto Armadale Road, and then there's lots and lots of signage between Armadale Road and our place. So, um, yeah, we'd like to see all your your listeners come along. An easy find. Well, I'm sure many will get along, and uh, best of luck with today and tomorrow, and thank you for doing this uh, for the public. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting us along. Okay, all the best. Report back. Love to hear what your numbers are like. I'm sure they'll be outstanding. I hope so. Okay, all my best to Bronwyn. Take care, Phil. Bye. Bye for now. I'll see you. What a shocking line. I just, I, oh, dear me. I don't know if that is the listeners out there are hearing the interference or whether it's happening at this end. I'm not sure, but... Uh, yeah, that is uh, the Queller Garden. That's 23 Muir Court in Banjup. That's open today and tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. I have seen the garden a few years ago, so it's Canoni, but I've got a whole lot better in the last few years. Uh, it's amazing what a couple of years in a garden can do. Two That's or three right. years is just enormous. Don't and turn your back on it. Don't turn your back, <laughs> absolutely. And this is a, it's a very serene garden, very tranquil, very relaxing, two-hectare property. So if you can, get along to Queller Gardens this weekend. Now, we do have free lines, 94841927. We have a lot of events, so I will uh, move through them. I'll give you one, and then we'll, have, we'll move on to some more emails. And uh, uh, we have the Fern Society happening, uh, show happening this weekend. We have an orchid uh, show happening this weekend. And we have the Cactus and Succulent State Championship and show happening today and tomorrow at the South Perth Community Centre. Okay, so that's located on the South Terrace and Sandgate Streets in South Perth. They have a huge number of plants on display and for sale. And it's a good, great chance to get along and talk to the actual growers and grab yourself a few gems, take them home with you. Obviously, tea, coffee, all of that. So that's happening today and tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., the Cactus and Succulent State Championship and Show. So Cactus and Succulents have just taken on a life of their own in the last few years, and that would have been evident even at the Perth Garden Festival. I think there were three exhibitors that I saw yes. uh, looking, and um, everyone's just, you know, tra- attracted like bees to honey, uh, to succulents. And this is seeing the best of the best, of course, if you're getting along to see the state championship and show, show. So you can speak to the experts. You can certainly take home your goodies with you and just go and see what's on display. So we encourage you to get along to that today and tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the South Perth Community Centre 
in South Perth. Okay, we will give you a few more to think about. Hope you can write these down as we move through the morning. I'll get you back to another email. Sorry, I have to crack the whip. Work (laughs) you hard. Oh, I know. Uh, Yeah, well, this is a good segue, though, because this next question is about a cactus. Uh huh. So perhaps uh, Alice can get along and see if there's an expert there (laughs) who can help her. so she basically has sent in a photo of a giant cactus in her late father-in-law's home. Um, it's over 30 years old and over four metres tall. So it is enormous. But unfortunately, uh, there are renovations happening and it needs to go. So she's basically wanting to know if uh, if it can be saved and if anybody would be interested in it. And I love this last question is it easy to transplant? Um, um, um. <laughs> a four-metre cactus, probably not super easy to transplant. Uh, however, they do transplant. So somebody who knows what they're doing uh, could probably uh, do that. And I don't know about the value of it, but it is an amazing specimen. So um, there are a couple of specialist cacti growers and nurseries around. Uh, they might be interested. Possibly, if I can mention one that yeah, I know of. Yep, there's a place called Owie's Garden. Oh, yes, yes. Which is actually just out of Bunbury. But they come up to Perth a lot. They do uh, garden uh, installations and things for people. And they would be very knowledgeable. And I'd certainly recommend that you contact Owie's. Yeah, and have a them, chat. Yeah, definitely. And send a photo of it. And they will definitely be able to give you some advice. And if anybody knows somebody who would be interested, it would be them. So yeah, yeah give sure. those guys a call. Lovely guys down they, there. They really are. And that's spelled O-W-Y, Owies. Yeah, which Owies, is a great um, name for a cactus it, nursery. It, it, <laughs> sure, yeah, Owie, all right. That and, one would be, for and, sure. Yes, and if you are ever down that way, it's a great spot to visit. That's uh, Speaking of cacti and succulent I've nurseries, been, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's another yeah. little treasure. It absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, oh, the, the selection, the range there was uh, phenomenal. Yes. So, no, totally, totally can recommend that. Now, also this morning, I'll be giving away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees. Uh, Chris Ferreira showing up at 9, nine o'clock to talk about Inspired Infill and Eco Apartment Launch. And he's been keeping biodiversity and trees happy and healthy. So this is a very interesting project that Chris has been undertaking for a period of time. It's opening this weekend, so people can go and have a look at uh, how this all works and we'll learn more. And it's just interesting even talking to Phil just a moment ago about the solar system that they have running their whole property, photovoltaic solar. Um, This is the way of the future and we need to get along to these these events and learn more if if we can yeah absolutely all right we'll head to mundaring we've got margaret on the phones and plants to attract bees which is obviously in relation to our previous call hi margaret how are you going good morning girls um linda i'd be very interested to hear your comments and suggestions and what plants you have in your garden and to attract bees because i um, have vague memories of particular colours like blues and things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to attract bees. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, although bees seem to love so many different things. I was talking to someone at the Garden Festival who is a biodiversity expert and he was talking about the need to introduce lots of blue and yellow flowering plants because they attract lots of insects and what we're trying to do is get the bottom of the food chain happening because obviously the small insects feed the larger insects and feeds the lizards and the birds, etc. So if you're wanting a whole range of animals uh, in in the garden or in our suburbs we need to start with the insects uh, but looking out at my garden lately I know the poppies are just the bees just love, love the poppies them. at the moment maybe mm. it's the opiates I don't know <laughs> but um Lavender is a good one for attracting bees. Uh, I find salvia. Yes, salvia, yes. definitely. Mm, mm. Uh, globe artichokes, if mm. you grow those, if you've got space to grow them and you don't harvest the, the actual uh, choke, once they open up, it's a magnificent, vivid purple thistle flower and mm. they crawl with bees once you get them going. Mm. Um but a lot of the herbs and things generally, I think, uh, the bees seem to be attracted to. Basil is another good one. And one of the ones that I recommend to customers a lot is the uh, sacred basil or holy basil that's the perennial type because it does flower year round. Um, you can keep it flowering, just give it a light trim and keep it producing. And if people have got fruit trees and things and they're looking for pollinators, I usually encourage people to put a few of those around their fruit trees and you can grow them in pots as well because by attracting the pollinators and the bees in, you'll hopefully get your fruit trees pollinated also. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Really, if you've got space for anything around or in your veggie garden that you can leave that little bit longer to go to flower. Uh, I know that mm, we've had love some broccoli go to flower recently and some, um, I think it was like bok choy or pak choy, but one of the other brassicas. They just really love the brassica flowers as well. Um, they're mostly yellow, so again, yeah, they're attracted to them. So... Uh, that's off the top of my head. Um, definitely get your sacred basil in. Um, yeah, hope that helps. Oh, yes, that's fantastic. Thanks so much indeed, Linda. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Okay, see you, Margaret. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, 94841927. We shall return shortly. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Linda Michener this morning. Linda is in the chair for Fayakaro and, of course, Linda is from the fabulous Green Life Soil Co. And we've talked about the fabulous Organic Consumers' Choice Awards that you've won. We'd like to go through when we get a moment too and talk about what people could be doing in the garden for November. I know you put out a fabulous uh, newsletter uh, that I like to read and it's very detailed and extensive and uh, lots of great information there and even even like people can send in their photos and uh, yeah. you have your little your competitions and it's, it's very interactive and uh, very uh, enjoyable. So if people actually would like to become a member, it's all free. Where do they go? How uh, do just they? to our website. Just which, to your website yep. and they can log yep, on that yep. way. You can, uh, there's a tab, uh, well, there's a couple of ways. Look for the newsletter tab. That'll yeah. take you through and then you can read past uh, monthly uh, yeah. editions. And if yeah. you like the look of it, up the top of that page, there's a spot to click to sign up. Sign up. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Now we're heading to Dianella. We're talking about my favourite, Selvia's. Hi, Caroline. How are you going? Um, good, thank you. Yes, the weather's been beautiful for getting out in the garden. It has. 
We're grateful. I was doing some work yesterday, and one of my salvies is down to a stalk. Something's eaten. Oh, really? Yeah, it's had a good old go at it. And some flowers at the front, again, they were down. I remember last time I said it looked like something had just cut the flower straight off with a pair of scissors. That's right. Cricket or something like that. I'm not sure what's eating them. Trouble is I... hmm? I was going to, sorry to interrupt you, I was going to suggest it. it's always the thing is to do that detective work to try and find out. So true. Yeah. Have you been out at night and had a look with a torch? No, but I've heard it, I've heard, I've heard a cricket that sounds like a frog mm-hmm. in the garden at night time. I can't see very well at night. So. No, no. So you need no. to be careful. But but oftentimes a lot of the, the bugs that are really getting out and active, if it's snails in particular stripping the leaves off, they're active at night and it, they have been really bad this year. They have. And it's partly oh. because of the season that we're having mm. because the uh, extended cool and damp that we're having means that the snails are having a fabulous time. So yeah, and if- I think... Yeah, I think the salvia is snails because I saw one on the fence. Mm-hmm. And yesterday when I was cleaning up, I saw one tucked inside the fence mm. down yep. the bottom. Yep. Yeah. I'm worried because I've got a dog and she'll eat anything, yeah. even paper. Yeah, so I have I the same know. problem, Caroline. Yeah. Mm. What do you do for snails if, if you can't put pellets down? Well, the best thing to do, uh, the, the easiest, well, easiest but effective way is to, if you can go out at night with a bucket of warm oh, soapy yeah. water or salty water, is literally pick them up. And if you can do that a few nights in a row or every third night or something for a week. You can impact numbers. A huge impact mm. on the numbers. You really will get them down. Um other than that, if that's not something that's, that's possible, putting out the traps, which uh, you can use some recycled plastic containers like margarine or butter. You can keep the lid on them if you can make sort of a cut in the side so the lid still sits on. And if you bury those into the soil so that the opening is at ground level so the slugs and snails can find it and enter, they love beer. Oh, yeah. They like mm. dairy as well for some reason. But beer is, I think it's the yeasty kind of a thing that's attracted to, attract to that. that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those so kind beer of traps. Yeah, yeah. beer traps are, are very uh, popular and obviously low toxic, um, cheap and easy to make at home. So, oh, yeah. that's the sort of thing I'd suggest. I can do that. Yeah. Oh, no, that's excellent. Thank you. I will do that. Other All things right. I'd try, Caroline, is uh, coffee grounds. And also crushed eggshell. Um, I use a few different options because I'm like you. My, I, I can't risk anything with my, my dogs and certainly yeah. hand-picking. I was out the other night going for it uh, with snails. Uh, when we had those those a little bit of sh- rain the other yes, night day, yeah. a couple of days ago. I, I, can't, I can't do that at night time. I've, I've had a few falls oh, recently okay. with my wrist. Mm. And I'm really nervous. Even when yeah. I was walking through the bed yesterday, I was clinging on to things. Oh, gosh. Mm. So, I, so I wouldn't do that at night okay. because I know me. I'd probably take another dumbbell. Oh, yeah. no, we wouldn't yeah. want that. <laughs> no, no, I like the beer trap. I think that's going The coffee grounds, you just put them on the ground and the snails won't go over them. Is that, is that the that's, theory? That's the, that's the okay. theory, yeah. Okay, and do you just get it from a coffee shop? I do. I harass my local coffee shop and I take in uh, a big bucket or they save it in their bags and give it to me. I Yeah, I often oh, use yeah, them as well. So have a, have a three or four-pronged attack. Yes. Yeah, but doesn't that make the soil very acidic? 
The coffee grounds? You'd have to use a heck you of a would. lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> You're only talking about a light sprinkle, yeah. and in fact, you're probably better not to overdo it all at once. So if you do get yeah. a bag from your local cafe, just like mm, a little yeah. light sprinkle around your ah. plants and keep yeah. the rest of it and then do it once a week, just a very light sprinkle, and that amount in your garden is not going to be upsetting anything. Yes, uh, and I had like straw mulch down. I didn't think the snails would go over that. They don't seem to mind. No, well, especially when it's damp, they can go over anything. That's where the eggshells come into play too. Anything that's kind of rough and abrasive when it's dry, they definitely don't like to go across. But when it's it's wet and sort of a bit damp and slippery, they're happy to zoom across. It's very damp, of course. Mm, Yeah, it is damp. Okay, lovely. Thank you. I will do all of that and I will report back. Excellent. (laughs) Well done, Caroline. (laughs) Cheers. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yes, go ahead. I want to voucher to the bigger trees. Ah. A year ago, and I said to the lady, I'm so sorry, but I couldn't think what tree I wanted. She said, oh, it doesn't expire. And so I got two lovely trees. So I wanted to say thank you very much for my new lime and lemon tree. Beautiful. Good good to hear. Good on you, Caroline. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. And, of course, uh, snails don't like copper, and copper Mm. bands can also be uh, a deterrent as well. And I know I'm certainly having trouble with slugs and snails in my garden. We are in Clarkson. Dean, good morning. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. yeah, um, look, about a week ago I was working this lady's place and she was going to cut down this um, frangipani tree and uh, she said it was a beautiful pink flower. Well, as you know, they're not in flower at the moment. So I said, look, I'll take them with me. So what I've done, they've, I've had to cut them back. Um, I've also got a longer stem on them, but they're a metre and a half to nearly two metres tall, beautiful shape like a Christmas tree, but the stem itself would only be about four or five hundred mil. Now, it's going to be too top-heavy putting it in the garden, so I thought, how am I going to get this going? I, I grabbed a few stakes, and I thought about supporting them, driving them in the ground, and having it in loose soil and just sort of holding the weight up, because otherwise it's going to fall over, you see. And I was hoping that it would take, you know, to get the roots going. Now, what's your thought about this? Yeah, I've seen in professional landscaping jobs, they do stake them to support them because if you are transplanting a mature bush tree, they are going to be top heavy, like you said. So it's a question of putting in uh, a couple of, say, star pickets or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and a a nice supportive system and they should take, yeah. And will will they um, plough this year? Because it's a bit late now. I mean, they've just been had a big cutback. Would you think they'll take off this time or have to wait till next year? I don't know. They may try to flower because if a plant is stressed, it will try to flower because it's part of its reproductive cycle. But probably the best thing to do would be to not let it flower because if you can remove the flowers, the plant will will then put more energy into establishing a root system, um, which is what you want to do if you've transplanted something. So it's like when you're putting in a new fruit tree, uh, it's best to strip any fruit off at the first season because you're ultimately going to benefit from a stronger and healthier tree um, Mm. by not trying to uh, split the energy of that plant. Now, I gave one to the neighbours and they're not putting it in yet. They said, oh, don't go doing it just yet. Now, it's been a week past since it was cut. You reckon it's all right now? They like to harden them off a bit. They like to harden off. Hey, Dean, I've had pieces break off frangies and I've shoved them in the ground and thought, well, you know, whatever happens, happens, and they've just... They've just run away and they've been um, yeah. uh, successful. But, you know, I think the rule of rule of thumb 
is to let them harden off and dry off a bit, yeah. Were they yeah. cuttings or were they full transplants, though? Did you dig the hole? Oh, look, I cut them off. What it was, oh, it was reaching for the sun. It was behind this, um, oh, dear, um, like an overhang. So it had gone up um, about the, the, up to about a metre high, and then it started to fork out in all these branches, you know. Right. So I didn't take the whole lot off. I started to cut it back to as what I could from where it started to fork out. But right. then up from there up, it's gone another metre and a half to two metres in these beautiful shapes, you know, like just mm-hmm. how you'd want it after it was grown for 10 years or something. You know, you think, gee, I don't want to cut this up into small pieces and yeah, I'll just do it one big tree, you know. That's well, what I wanted to do. Sure. Well, I apologise. I misunderstood. I thought it was a full transplant, but if, if it's, oh, it's no. a cutting, then I would do cutting as Ray yes. suggested. Yeah, let it harden off. That it's... Uh, as she said, you might be lucky, but with dampness in the mm. ground at the moment, you just don't want to run the risk of having it rot. So leaving yeah. it to harden off for a couple of weeks is at least uh, the traditional kind of thing to do. And, and with the soil, some very uh, loose type of stuff, so it's got a chance to um, take the root system on them? Yes, yeah. Just... And now because of that, are they a very big root system or very small what? Shallow root system, Dean. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Oh, so the stakes will probably have to be there forever. No, not no. forever, but just to, to give them a little bit of a support whilst they establish. Yeah, yeah, go, eh? yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's cleared that up. Good on you. Thanks very Thanks, much. Thank you. Cheers for that. No Thank oh. you. Okay. When we return, we're going to be chatting with Yvonne. We have Robert, and we're chatting with Liz as well. Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening with my special guest in the studio this morning, Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. We'll be heading for the news at 9am as well. And at 10am, George Minoldi with the classic 60s will join you straight back out to the lines. Oh, we're talking snails. Hi, Robert. How are you going? I'm going well. Thank you, ladies. Uh, just a quick one. It won't take too much time. Snails, I've, I've been on the internet and I've heard what you said and I've tried all those cures, none of them work. What works, kills them stone dead, is eucalyptus oil in a little 500ml spray bottle. You can get it at Coles and Woolies and all that sort of thing. You just give them one squirt and they're dead. Mm, interesting. Okay. Never tried it before. Uh, about no. I've been okay, using my okay. foot lately. I've hardened up in life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Oh, oh, these are quicker. Obviously, early in the evening when it's dark, especially after rain, mm. nice bright torch, bit of a wander around. About five years ago, I had dozens of them. Now that last year, well, this last winter just gone, hardly got any at all. So, Eucalyptus oil. Eucalyptus oil, little 500ml spray bottle, about 10 bucks a bottle, five yeah, five hundred ml bottle. Hang on, and I'm online, and I'll tell you what. The bottle. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised because eucalyptus oil is quite toxic, so I imagine it would. Be well, well to be gross, it. they throw up, and die. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, dear. So I've tried them all. It's very effective. Okay. Obviously, Interesting. Obviously, patience is needed. That was yeah. it. Easy as that. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Give it a go, and you'll trust me. You'll believe me. Mm. It's always good to have another uh, thing in the armament to pull out against garden pests anyway. Never heard of, and, and the beauty of it is if you've got pets, non-toxic for pets. 
well, as long as they're not drinking it, but yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you don't drink it no, either. absolutely. But small amounts sprayed around, yeah, absolutely, I agree. You just, you just, just spray the snail and, the, you know, when it's out of the shell yeah. and away you go. Thanks, Robert. We appreciate No worries, bye. All right, take care. Okay, let's power along. We're in Padbury talking about another fave of mine, Iris's Liz. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Really well, thank you. Good, good. Um, yeah, I've got um, irises that I put in up the side front of the house, the garden, and they've all finished flowering beautifully. Yeah. Everybody comment, they were stunning. They're a big, tall variety of purple and white. Really big. I thought they were water irises, but anyway, they're in my garden thriving. Yes. Can I cut them down to ground level pretty much? Because I'm pretty sure, do they have a rise out? Rhizome Yes, they do. Uh, why would you be wanting to cut down the foliage? Just as oh, a yeah. question. Just because I've got, well, I've got to cut the dead flowers out, which have got huge, big seed. I guess there's seed pods on them. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you definitely cut that pot. aspect down, right down cut to the ground. That out. Yeah. Um, I just, I couldn't remember if a couple of years back I chopped them down to ground level and they just came back. Um, Rule, I think I was actually talking to someone during the week about this and they were saying to leave the actual foliage um, but remove the spent stems, if you like. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. okay, not a problem. I'll do that. And I just have one other quickie. My daughter has a pink, beautiful pink rose, but it never opens up. It gets the bud and the bud kind of forms, I don't say like a tulip, but about the size of a tulip. But never opens up. Is there a reason for that? In full sun? Full sun? Yeah. Well, Every other rose is in the same area. Yeah. It just goes nuts. The variety, Liz? Do you know the variety? Which one uh, it is? No, I don't. Queen of something? Hmm. I would, just yes. out of curiosity, I would ring someone like Melville Rose Garden and put the question okay. to them. And because they're yeah. experts and they may turn around yeah. and actually say it is that particular variety or this is the type, yeah. these are the you know, some ideas that you can try yeah. to get She's the... She's just pulling her hair out with it because yeah. she threatens to give it away and all the others are just stunning. But yeah. um, this one, it's just it just gets to that point and then... No further. Yeah, yeah. shame. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, smells nice, but and it's not no nothing diseasey happening to it, Liz. Not this year. Last year we had also oh, horrendous thrips. Yeah, um, we managed to get those under control, and this year we've done really well. But they're, they're absolutely stunning at the moment. All of her roses. They are, are but you know what? The chili thrip. I've had that impact my roses too, Liz. And one of my roses yeah. is flowering, but not well. It's not. It's not a well yeah. plant and it's still and it's been impacted by chili thrip and I'm still trying to oh, bring it round yeah. and I think sometimes we are yeah, I, I could potentially lose this rose, I think. Lose it. Yeah, yeah. and I think it looks as healthy as yeah, it's okay. stunningly healthy. Oh, okay. It's stunningly healthy, yeah. but um it's beautiful and green, lush and, and really lovely. Did it flower before the chili thrip? Did it open up before the chili thrip? No, okay. it's only a young plant then, yeah, a very young yeah, plant yeah. then. Um, so this basically would be its first year of proper flowering. Oh, know? okay, it's just a bubba. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, she's only young. But, I um, would um, be in I'll, 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 to... real, I'll, I'll phone up Melville and see yeah. what that is. The other roses came from Melville. Oh, well, there you this go. One came, 
This one came from Bunnings. Yeah, and therefore the rootstock could be a question mark as well. It may not yeah. be on Fortuniana rootstock. Right. Not suited yeah. to our okay. conditions. So that's another. Our conditions. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's possible. Not a problem. I'll give them a phone and see how we go. All right, love. Take care. Okay. Thank okay, you. Cheers for that. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right. Well, we do have to go to the news. Yvonne, if you can stay with us, uh, we will be speaking to you on the other side. And the temperature has jumped up to 15.1 degrees, heading for a maximum today of 21. It will be partly cloudy and tomorrow the maximum will be 23, partly cloudy. And on Monday, sunny maximum of 26. And I'm looking at Tuesday and that will be hitting 29. So we're getting a couple of warm days and then I think it's lowering down from about Wednesday, dropping down to about 24. And the rainfall so far for November is sitting on 5.4 mils compared to 48 mils last last year. So fingers crossed that we do get a bit more water uh, in November as well. And we have been joined in the studio by Chris Ferreira. Hello. Oh. It's been a while since we've seen you. How are I you, No, Thank you for having me back. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> <laughs> it always is. Thank you for joining us. We will be straight back to you. Just heading to Bullsbrook. Very patient, Yvonne. Thanks for waiting. Yvonne, are you there? Uh, yes, good morning. Morning. Um, I have some fig tree uh, issues. I bought three fig trees, uh, uh, the black genoa, white genoa, and an Adam's purple. And the Adam's purple is uh, looks like a tiny apple and does absolutely wonderfully. But the two genoas, um, they look like a teardrop-shaped uh, fruit, and they both fruited um, just very little here and there. Um, and I have very heavy clay, rocky soil. Um, but um, uh, this year, whatever um, uh, fig is on, they are already dropping off and they are dry and horrible inside, not edible. So why, out from the three fig trees, one doing well and the other two different ones, they are not doing well. Okay. How old are they, Yvonne? About four years old, okay. all of them. Okay, then they should be starting to hit their stride. They do take a few years before they start producing, but uh, as to why this year, um, so the fruit is dropping now. Yeah, from the two genoas, they are teardrop shapes and they are nice and big, uh, uh, full size. Um, not many of them, but they are just dropping and, and, and dry inside. They don't ripen, and they shouldn't be ripening until probably no. end of December anyway. Mm. No, it's a bit uh, strange and early. What would you suggest? Any ideas? Uh, uh, my, the thing with, uh, that we struggle with with plants, Yvonne, is uh, firstly they can't talk to us <laughs> yeah. and tell us what's wrong, Wouldn't and secondly... Yeah, and secondly, there's always a delayed reaction. So there's some stress that's occurred, mm. which has really stopped the process of them carrying on and, and ripening those fruit to your full production. So that would be, to me, what's happening. And we hear a lot of it now that these plants are under stress um, and climatic factors. If things aren't exactly right for them, then just like us as humans, if something is wrong, then we manifest that as stress or disease. So that would be... The big issue, the thing I always say is look after the soil and that can make a massive difference to 
the health and the productivity of those plants. So that rock hard soil, putting a lovely mulch around there to keep that soil from going rock hard in summer will be really, really important. So you may have lost this crop, but if you can make the soil as good and as healthy as possible, that's the basis of those strong, vigorous plants being able to push through the vagaries of climate or disease and those other issues. Yeah, they they are very well mulched and looked after. Mm. And um, actually, I put soil solver on uh, top of it as well. And the plants themselves, they are looking absolutely magnificent. Yeah. It is mm. just the fruit. Mm. Uh, if you said you had heavy clay soil, I wouldn't be putting soil solver on there. That's that's a product that we use for sandy soil. So it's actually adding, you're adding clay to clay. So mm. I would not be adding that. Um, I would be, if anything, seeing whether you need to add some gypsum, but certainly compost and a really nice um, uh, mulch is what you need to keep that soil from going hard. So I would not be putting soil solver on. It's a great product, but... Don't add clay to clay. I'd I'd probably add to that. It might be worth, uh, obviously you're not wanting to dig a massive hole, but somewhere around the base or in between the two trees in particular that are struggling, I always suggest, again, a bit more detective work. So try and Mm -hmm. scrape the mulch off and um, put a shovel in and and see if you can get down, you know, a good 30 centimetres or so into the soil and and physically inspect it. Mm. See if it's, uh, sometimes it can be surprising how dry it can be underneath, even at this time of year, you wouldn't expect it to be. But until you actually dig and check it out, you really don't know. So whether it's a case of the uh, the clay is too heavy for the trees, although fig trees are fairly tolerant of all sorts of soil. But but I'd recommend that. Just have a look and, um, and see, because sometimes it can be hidden underneath our feet. But if we go and do a bit of investigation, you, you never know what you might find out. It just might help. Yeah, I, I already uh, bought some um, uh, gypsum, the liquid gypsum uh, from Bunnings, and I got that one as well um, uh, just before springtime, and they have plenty of water. So maybe I should repeat that uh, liquid gypsum um, from the watering can from them? Potentially. Uh, if you have heavy clay soil, then the gypsum would help. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's a tricky one. Um Hopefully, if the trees themselves are healthy and you are managing them well, which it sounds like you are, uh, the the plants may well recover. And for whatever reason, if if next year is a more favourable season with the conditions, you might end up with a bumper crop. I, I would hope. Mm. Um, yeah, that the health of the tree itself is definitely your best indicator. And uh, if it's something to do with the fruit, it's probably a, a little nuance of I don't know a particular particular thing to do with the weather conditions that may be that's causing the tree to stress and and drop those fruits so sorry i can't be a bit more specific but i would suggest a bit of detective work yeah okay just strange because they are two of them two of them are uh, genoas and they are not doing well and that adam's uh, uh, purple is just magnificent full of fruit beautiful last year this year you know awesome 
Thanks for your call, Yvonne. We appreciate it. Take care. Thank, thank you so much. Bye. All right, you're welcome. Now, we have a spring garden festival happening tomorrow at the Old Oak. It's on between 9am and 3pm at 293 Horton Road in Forestfield. Independent growers, local arts and craft. So that's a spring garden festival happening tomorrow at the Old Oak, 293 Horton Road, Forestfield, between 9am and 3pm. And while I'm running hot on events there's the late flowering orchid display is on this weekend today and tomorrow did tell you to grab a pen guys between 9am to 4pm today and 9am 3pm tomorrow now that's happening at the manning activity center which is three downy drive in manning talks and demos orchid plants accessory sales all happening uh, today and tomorrow late flower orchid display Okay, Manning Activity Centre, 3 Downey Drive in Manning. Nice to have you with us. You might have heard our snails chat. What are your thoughts on snails? How do you eradicate the little, oh, the little blighters? Yeah, the little buggers. Well, yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a range of things. The copper is fantastic. Because um, mm. Jana Byford phoned in and she's mentioning putting copper tape around mm. the per- perimeters mm. of of. Mm. of I love it. it's the equivalent of giving them a tasering, which is pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's always worked well. Okay. Uh, they used there used to be a fantastic copper solution that used to be able to spray. Exactly. Mm, I haven't yeah. been able to see that for a while. Um, onions. I've had success with slugs keeping, particularly with young seedlings, putting onion rings around. Um, eggshells, different things like that. Yeah. But the copper banding is fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a great thing yeah. to use because yeah. then you can permanently isolate them out. It's like yeah. an electric fence. Yeah, basically. okay. We like mm. that. Okay, mm. thank you very, very much. Now, tell us while you're here, what's mm. been going on? What's happening tomorrow? Yeah, well, um, so, yes, I know I'm on radio and I'm staring at the poster, so that's not much <laughs> help for anyone. But um, so, like a lot of people, we had the lottery come our way in terms of the zoning change for where we live and a lot of people are now finding their zoning has changed which means they can have more housing in there Mm. but in WA we seem to feel like the only way we can do that is to clear everything and put four or five amorphous battleship grey apartments with huge charcoal brick um, driveways and a few pockets of artificial turf or we knock down Mm. and put a battle axe driveway and then Again, destroy the garden, keep mm. the existing home at the front and then plonk another big house. And that's what we're calling infill, which as yeah. far as I'm concerned is diabolical because we lose our beautiful gardens, we lose our trees. Mm. And that's how people feel the only way that they can capitalise on that zone but bonanza. Yeah. Mm. So we're trying to show and we're launching tomorrow at my place what we call the Eco Apartments Development. So our tagline is four homes, four families and 40 trees. So in other words, we've, we're trying to show that you can have your cake and eat it, that you can build within an area, keep the beautiful gardens, and far from being destroyed, they become the centrepiece around which we do our development. So it's a new form of infill. We call it inspired infill. There are lots of people trying to do this sort of thing, but we really want to showcase it and get it out there that there are so many better ways to do infill than what's traditionally Doing done. Doing it really, really mm. well. So what does that entail? Well, for us, it's firstly breaking the shackles on traditional development and everything we've done is is legal and we've had a fantastic planner working with us. So we've built small apartments. We have two eco apartments 
and their passive house, which is a German design, which means they're ultra, ultra energy efficient. So they're small, but they're beautiful and they're going to be incredibly energy efficient. And they look out onto the beautiful suite of trees on the property. Mm. Yeah. So it's a big strategy to show people what can be done. So these apartments are at lockup stage now and they I say they look like a cross between a Scandinavian ski lodge and Noah's Ark because they're, they have this beautiful skin of recycled Jarrah. And once you split the Jarrah beams and actually split them and put them as the cladding, they look absolutely beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, no, I've seen the pictures and they, as you say, they look uh, amazing. Absolutely. This has been, um, I guess, something you've been really passionate about for mm. a number of years. You've been talking about this. So it's actually coming to fruition. And it's happening tomorrow. So it's an open day. Mm -hmm. It's an open day. So people can go online and get tickets. Yeah. We're expecting a big bumper crop of people to come, which is wonderful. And we're going to be running concurrent uh, detailed workshops and everything from raising and having bees to having battery storage solar, grey water, attracting wildlife to your garden. But at the same time, we'll be running tours to show how we've actually put these developments in place because most people think how the hell do you do this well exactly you can. it's simple mm. if you have the if, right team yeah if exactly you've right you got to know you've yeah. got to have the right team yeah. and to me what i've learned through this process is planning is like the law okay. as in a good lawyer knows how to manipulate the system yeah. to actually get the outcome that you want That's and right. it's the same with planning if you know a good planner who's passionate they can help you get through the stone wall because i've got to be honest a lot of planners they're pretty lazy. They just mm. want to tick boxes and go, yeah. no, you can't do that. That's too complicated. But we want to show that actually you can do this and that magic term precedent. So mm. you can go to your council. Hopefully you've come and seen what we've done. You're inspired. Yeah. And if your council goes, no, you can't do that, you go, well, excuse me, City of Coburn have approved yeah. this. And like any legal precedent, there are planning precedents. And City of Coburn are very proactive, aren't they? They are. They've been mm. amazing supporters of us um, because they want to see change. Most people want to see that we don't destroy our urban forests to get the density of housing that we need. And that's the tragedy. We just mm. assume that we have to clear everything to yeah. get development done. And that's just the vanilla black and gold style of development. Make it easy for the developers. And that's just simply, we all lose. Yeah. We end up with no garden. Our kids suffer because they're not given access to beautiful gardens for them to learn and to grow and develop. And we end up with places that are so much hotter mm. in summer. So you have to then spend all that money getting the air conditioner wearing away because you're surrounded by artificial turf or charcoal bricks. Yeah. It's madness. Yeah. And you, you've been living proof of that with your own home, haven't you, for many, many years? You... We Thank you. Yeah, we have. And, and it's it's just people come around the corner because you can't see the apartments. You come around the corner and suddenly you see these enormous, beautiful designed uh, apartments in the boughs of the tree. So they're framed by the garden. And it's almost like they were helicoptered in, but <laughs> everything was walked in by our amazing builders. But it's about showing people that you can have a beautiful 
a, poor, a point at home, but you don't have to destroy everything in the process. So people can go on to, say, your website mm-hmm. to have a look at this, and is that where they get their tickets to come that's along? Right. That's okay. right. So, so just, that's the Forever Project? Yep, that's dot right. Com dot au. Exactly, and, and the easy. tours will be going all day. We've got beautiful morning and afternoon tea from the wonderful Native Ark who do wildlife rehab. Yes, yes, we are just talking about them earlier. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, oh. Their new hospital is mind-blowing. Is it? it? It's like Fiona Stanley, but oh. for animals. <laughs> oh, I love it. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's incredible. So um, Lottery Western City Coburn funded that. But uh, that's for us tomorrow, it's really about inspiring that change because at the end of the day, we face some massive challenges with climate change, etc. But there are amazing solutions. And for all those who aren't interested in the environment, there are plenty out there that go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what Mm. about the bottom line? Mm. The really exciting thing is that these um, apartments we've been able to sell at a premium really quickly so there is demand out there oh definitely yeah so this can forward. be a great return on investment and at the same time you can keep the garden mm. that you love and even age in place mm. which is the new thing we're trying to encourage people to age with dignity in their own home in their own well, home you can probably sell the front house and build something smaller for you out the back keep your glorious garden and be able to transition with the things that we love. And the research from around the world is showing that gardens and that sense of place are fundamentally important to our health and well-being. Absolutely. So and it's been brought place. home with COVID, hasn't it? Absolutely. That has really Absolutely. catapulted it to forefront. Absolutely. All right, we do have to have a short break. When we return, Nick and Clayton, we will be right with you. Clayton Radio. You are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guests in the studio with me this morning. We have Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. and Chris Ferreira from the Forever Project. And he's been touching on an event that is happening tomorrow uh, at your property. Mm. Uh, in Hamilton Hill. The great Hammy Hill. That's Hammy, right. Hammy Hill. And what are you calling <laughs> it? You're calling it Eco... Eco Apartments. Yeah, like it. Because they actually are, which is very rare. They're timber framed. Mm. There's very few. So one apartment on top of the other. Mm. I love people's uh, reaction, which is, how did you get away with doing this? You go, mm. you can do this. We can yeah. do so much better than we have done. Mm. One of the most amazing stats I've heard we have the shortest life expectancy for houses in the world. Wow. The average house in Perth is 28 years. Really? So people come and go, oh, that house doesn't look modern, new and funky. Bob, Knock bang. it down. Okay. And mm. most of it goes to landfill, yep. which is oh. insane. So mm. you have the carbon footprint. So we retrofitted the existing home, and you, you'll mm. remember that. I've talked mm. about that. So mm. that stays. It's what we've done in the back with the new build. But um, the centerpiece, of course, is our gorgeous Jacaranda, who we named Jackie. It took us a long time. We had a we had a group. Oh, we had was... a I know amazing. We had a, uh, a peer group and, yeah, and state yeah, focus groups. Yeah. So she was under pressure because of the build, and you you have to dig trenches and things like that. So it's mm. stressful. So we yeah. we did some canopy thinning, which is removing diseased and weakened limbs, and then we've just brought in some beautiful compost because, as you would know, Linda. 
the, the, the secret is to build that soil up. So we're mm. trying to overcome the stress of the build by improving that soil. We'll do some stem injections, giving her little proton pills, like Roger Ramjet. <laughs> so these are slow-release pills that you put into the, the xylem and the phloem, mm -hmm. just under the bark, and that releases nutrients into the tree. Mm. And there's so much research now showing that there's a lot you can do to bring sick trees back to life. So Love our it. girl, um, who is the centerpiece of the garden, we'll talk a lot about that tomorrow too, about what you can do to look after your trees and never let anyone selling artificial turf or tree lopping into your house. Yeah, quite right. Couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> All right, we're heading to Les Murdy. Nick, thanks for waiting. That's okay. Good morning. You there? Yeah, go Good ahead. Morning. Right. Uh, problem number one is avocado. I, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, my dear mother-in-law that passed away, she's given me this avocado, uh, I think she grew it from seed, and I'm getting flowers every year, but no fruit. Now, what am I doing wrong? You there? Yeah, yes. yeah, no, we're, we're just listening. We're listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah processing. Yes. <laughs> uh, Can you I, help me? Well, I guess the question is, if you're getting flowers, but it's not setting fruit, the question would be the quality of pollination, possibly. Mm. Uh-huh. Yep. The neighbour's got a tree uh, about 20 metres away, so I would imagine they'll be cross-pollinating. <clears throat> yes, you would imagine so. And avocados have got a very strange pollination, uh, flowering kind of male and female flowering pattern, which means that they are usually self-fertile to a large degree. Um, and if your neighbours have avocado trees, then yes, you would assume that that would help with that pollination as well. So the other thing would be uh, if it's if it's is it setting fruit at all or just the blossoms dropping and no, no, it stacks of blossoms, but that's no, it. No setting of the fruit at all. Uh, uh, and I put it down uh, because she grew it from a seed. It's not a, um, a tree that's been grafted or anything like. Mm. Uh, but I would love to, I'm sort of in two minds better to uh, get rid of it, but I don't want to get rid of it. It's a, some, a gift from her, like, you know. Mm. Uh, so what, is, what do you reckon? I give it uh, quite a lot of fertiliser. Uh, I give it potassium fertiliser, blood and bone. I keep away from nitrogen and um, still, still don't go. Well, I guess it's if the tree has sentimental value, then it's not just the value of the fruit that you would keep the tree for. I mean, if the tree yeah. is healthy and attractive, then I would suggest if you could keep it as an ornamental, uh, whether one day it will turn around and produce a crop, you know, you, you mm. never know. Uh, and being seed grown, they can be quite variable from mm. that because, of course, you never quite know what you're getting. So it potentially could be a little bit of a dud from the fruiting perspective. Yeah. But if you do enjoy the tree, then there's no harm in keeping it as a, as a beautiful specimen tree. That's, that's right. exactly Thank you. So that's, that's problem number one. Problem number two is uh, carnations. Problem number two is that uh, I had beautiful red sim carnation. That's the ones the professionals grow. And I can't, I lost it. I can't get it anywhere. Uh, they don't sell any sim carnations in the uh, nurseries. All you're getting the schnorbs the last one season, where sim carnations last four or five years, like. 
So what can anyone help me? Uh, where can I get them? I would suggest there'd be a carnation society. Mm. There'd have to be. There's a society for, for just everything. about everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 And if you can get hold, because there'll be passionate growers mm. that have all sorts of rarities and yeah. beautiful, beautiful specimens. So if you can uh, contact uh, or if we can track down a, an association of carnation lovers, mm. I would suggest there may be somebody there who can help you. Yep. Well, yeah, I was thinking uh, all I really all I really want is the cuttings, and uh, this is the time of the year where uh, it's very easy to strike. Mm, okay. uh, so perhaps one of your listeners uh, could be kind enough to, uh, if I give you my number, uh, they ring me up and I'll come over and pick them up. All right. Well, what I'll do, Nick, as well, uh, we'll do a little bit of detective, detective work for you, and uh, I'll put you back to Bev, and she can leave your phone details, and if any of our listeners do happen to ring in and can help you out, we will yeah, do that. I greatly appreciate it. I keep asking and everybody had a year be had them, but apparently the professionals uh, don't want to sell sim carnations, uh, mm. but uh, you can get plenty of chenorbs that only last one season, like, you know, mm. and they don't really open up. Uh, but what I'm after is specifically red sim carnations. Again, once again, a friend of mine that passed away, he gave it to me, and uh, unfortunately, I lost it. I'd like to get it again. But get okay, it Nick, well, I'll put you back to Bev. Not a problem. Yeah. Take Thank care. You Cheers for that. All right. And we're heading to Bajangara. We're talking about strawberries. Clayton, hello. Hey, hey, um. We're well. Thank you. Yeah, um, what it is, I've got a strawberry bush, like I took, like a cutting off the runners from mate's mum. That was about two and a half years ago. Uh, it's in a pot in my veggie patch. It's doing bloody well. <laughs> like it's just going everywhere. But it's coming up to flower, but it's not producing any fruit. And it's been doing that for like the last year. I mean, the plant itself now is probably about, oh, I'd say a good six foot round with all the runners on the ground. And yeah, so I was wondering. If you could tell me if, like, because all the rest of my veggies are doing well. And, yeah, that's the only one that hasn't actually, yeah, come to fruit. So I was wondering if there's any suggestions you can make. So the original plant has sent out plenty of runners. Is that what I'm understanding? So yes, you're yeah. spread got, everywhere? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I've got more, I've got more runners on the ground than what's actually left in the because I've got a two-foot pot that I put in originally. Okay. And it, that's overflowing, and I'll just let the runners go through the veggie patch. Sure. And all the all the runners have um, set in the ground, and they've you know, actually started to grow by themselves, mm-hmm. which I've just left and keep watering and fertilising. And, but it comes up to the flower, and then the flowers, yeah, I'll get no fruit. And it's done that last year and this year too. Okay. So I was just curious on, because it's a white strawberry, not a you normal red. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know the little white yep. ones. Uh, interesting. Um, so you have had good crops off them previously? I haven't had a crop off it yet. Not at all. Okay, interesting. No. All right. But my, my, my friend's mum's like, yeah, that she was getting a lot of it. So, yeah. Hmm. And I'm assuming in the veggie garden they're getting plenty of sun. Are they getting pollinated? 
Yeah, oh, the bees around here are pretty good because, yeah, God sells honey across the road, so he's got his beehives, yep, just down the road. And, yeah, no. But I've only got the one bush. I don't have another bush. So do I need another bush to help, like, to cross-pollinate or anything like that? Or Generally, no, not with strawberries. It's insect pollination, a little bit of wind, but that's uh, that's if you've got plenty of bees around. I, I would imagine you should be getting mm. crops. Um I guess the try and cut back on high nitrogen sources, possibly, although it is flowering, um, because you do want the plant to try and put its energy into fruit production. Any other ideas? Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I was going to say is microclimate. Yeah. So you're in Bajangara, so not the most gentle of climates in the world. So uh, if you've got no. the winds predating across that landscape, that really can stress plants. So having good shelter belts or windbreaks, and that can help with pollination and attracting the beneficial insects as well, particularly across the path of any of those prevailing winds, which obviously for us is from the northeast, the east and the southeast. So having having a think about that microclimate, you know, food production like human health is all about the right conditions. So if everything's right, then they will have the best chance of doing well. I'd probably suggest too, if it has put out a lot of runners, um, I would probably suggest digging some of those healthier plants up and try trial them in big pots yeah. um, and see if you can move them around in a different position. Mm, so perhaps idea. somewhere that's a little bit more sheltered, as Chris was saying, from wind, maybe something that's not in full sun. Because if the plant is generally healthy but not producing fruit, as Chris was suggesting, there's something wrong with where it is. It's, mm. it's just not quite happy. Mm, mm. So if you can... Uh, Move a few of the plants and trial them, you might find that all of a sudden they take off and are pumping out fruit, and then you know that there's a yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, because sort of where we are, if I put it in a section where you have your like you get majority of the sunlight until about two o'clock, then it goes to shade, or depends on where you go, it goes the other way around. And yeah, no, and the wind, like, um, the gentleman said, yeah. yeah. That probably make a difference too. Give it a shot. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely, I'll definitely throw a few in the pot and yeah. like different pots and then put them around the place to see how it goes. So good on you, Clayton. Yeah. Take care. All right. Thank Cheers. you very much. Cheers yeah. for that. Good luck. And Bye. Chris, um, listeners have called in. They want you to speak more slowly. Oh. Give your website details out. Okay, here we go. We all we all speak quickly we on the show. We've got do. a lot to fit in. We do. We do. Okay, here we go. So it's. The Forever Project. Yeah. And if you type in theforeverproject.com.au, you'll be able to get access to the website. So hopefully that was nice and slow. You're Thanks. right. My mum's always telling me to slow down as well. you got so mm. much going on. I mm. know. All right, that we're in mind. Cardinia talking about Australian native Frangie. Nancy, mm. good morning. Good morning. Lovely show. Thank you so much. I wish it went longer. <laughs> um, I've got uh, four beautiful flowering frangipani, or you know, along out the back. But the one that's furthest away from the other three, the leaves are going very yellow. They're all flowering beautifully. Um, is there anything I could feed it? You know, as in um, sea salt, or I'm not going to do anything. Just wondering why the leaves are going very yellow. Uh, I, 
if I can jump in, uh, knowing Cardinia and those beautiful sandy soils that we have <laughs> in this part of the world, the, the big issue that we have is water repellency. So, um, and that's when the wax builds up on the soil surface, the water can't get into the soil, so the roots don't get a drink, so the plant is not healthy. It's a, it's a massive problem for the Swan Coastal Plain and gravels. So being able to deal with that water repellency using a good quality wetting agent can make a big difference because the yellowing could be the plant is getting that last stress. We've had some hot weather and if the water's, if the soils are water repellent and given that you're going into the summer now, you really want to make sure the garden is receptive to any irrigation you're giving that landscape. So water it more than twice a week. Should I hand water it, I mean? Uh, well, start with the wetting agent. I can almost guarantee that your soil, if you pour water onto it, it'll start beading on the surface and not going in. Right, well, it's got heaps of fertiliser around it before we put it in. My husband went down metres. Right. That's, of... Yeah, the water repellency is, is sadly totally independent. Separate it issue. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. care about how much fertiliser you give. It just It's a byproduct of the breakdown of organic material and the waxes coat the grains of sand. So it's a massive problem for the Swan Coastal Plain. So, in fact, the water repellency is probably the number one reason why plants struggle on the Swan Coastal Plain because we think we're giving them a drink when in reality that wax layer be, essentially becomes an impervious layer. So it doesn't matter how much water you throw on, it's not getting right. into the soil, so the plants are thirsty. So we urge everyone to test their soil and use a really good quality wetting agent. There are beautiful organic liquid wetting agents now and all of them will make a massive difference. Oh, great, yes, because it's funny just one out of all of them. But, you know, it's still growing, but mm -hmm. I thought, oh, what if I let it go too long? It might lose all its leaves or something, you know, mm -hmm. still. All right, great. Nancy, give it a whirl. Thank so you, Squire. Okay. okay. Thanks very much. Take Bye -bye. care. Cheers for that. Bye. All right. And we do have a short break. When we return, we've got Caroline and Maggie. Radio. Thank you for your company this morning. Busy, busy. We're just going to quickly wrap up because Chris Ferreira is uh, a very busy man and uh, we wish you all the best with this event tomorrow, the launch, mm. and uh, encourage people to uh, yeah, get on board and go and have a look and uh, learn, learn, I think. Thank you. And you guys are doing such an awesome job and you're always great supporters. And our tagline for everyone is make your garden the biggest room of your home. Yeah. So we start. I'm to doing my best, Chris. Good on you. <laughs> and, you know, railing against people telling you you need four bedrooms, three bathrooms, mm -hmm. four home theatre systems and a triple yeah. carport. Because guess what gets lost? Yeah. The, gar uh, the, the garden. Oh, and you just end up with these massive mortgages. And who wins? The builder, yeah. not you. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. please, this is really about showing that small is beautiful. And that'll make the men feel better. Small is beautiful. And, um, oh, I would never have thought that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it, it, that's our mantra is that, you know, yeah. we can just put so much more into our life if we have awesome gardens. So it's really showing people that. All right. So if people want to go along, learn, see. Mm. Uh, 
in I I think it will be absolutely amazing. Uh, I think yeah, I think you'll have a, an excellent uh, reaction to this certainly. So theforeverproject.com.au. Ray, you're wonderful, and Linda, keep up the awesome work. Um, we'll do our yeah. best, Squire. All the best. Thank All right, you. thank you for joining us. It's my absolute pleasure. Good luck, everyone. All right, good man. Take care. All right, let me see. We have uh, Maggie in Mandurah. Good morning. Oh, good morning, ladies. Thanks for um, waiting, love. Oh, that's okay. I hope that uh, strawberry man's still listening because I'll tell you what happened. I bought some from the big shed. Uh, the leaves are tiny. The strawberries are the size of a pinhead. And what I decided to do was I was a lot of having a lot of smoothies. So I cut the end. I have a little dish ice cream container in my kitchen. I cut the white end off before the red where the seeds are, you know. Uh, on the end of the strawberry, and I throw it in my compost bin. Then I dig it in the garden where there's a spot anywhere, and I have got a carpet of the best strawberries with two-inch strawberries or two- to three-inch strawberries and the biggest leaves and the healthiest-looking things you've ever had. So plant your strawberries. Just plant a strawberry in the ground and you'll have a million of them. Wow, that's really interesting. Hmm. I've got them everywhere, and they come up within... Like I can put the bunch of, uh, it's only a nice small ice cream container, so I put that, dig that there in one spot and then about uh, five feet away, there's another little spot between some plants, I stick another one and I've just got like a a carpet of them everywhere in my garden. Fantastic. I've actually had to to dig them out and give them to friends. Oh, now you're just showing off. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Thank you for sharing, Maggie. Yeah, lovely. Oh, have to the strawberries are two inches to three inches long. Beautiful, big Jealous. ones. Jealous. <laughs> Good on you. Thank, thank you, you for sharing, love. Thank you. Thank Take you. Take care. Bye. Cheers for that. Now we're cracking along. We're in Dianella. Caroline, hi. Sorry, that's me. I'm back again. Yes. I forgot to say that fall that I told you I had. Uh, I was right near my frangipani tree and it ripped the branch off. Oh, right dear. Up Good the grief. And it's all jagged, and I don't know whether I'm supposed to bandage over it. it I think it's going to be a wound that's open to getting things in it. And the piece that ripped off, do I cut the jagged bit off, or do I plant it as is? I would probably neaten the edge. Uh, if yep. it's got um, a, a jagged rip, just make a clean cut because you've got less surface area that can uh, then you know, be open, like us our, with an open yep. wound. So I would probably yep. do that. Yeah, the one on, but the other one is like right on. If I cut, if I made that clean, I'd have to dig into the branch. Would that affect it? I would still probably make it clean cut myself. Okay, okay, yeah, clean cut. Okay, lovely. Thank you. No more falls, Caroline. Yeah, take, take care, love. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks. Cheers, love. It wasn't a rose Bye. bush. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, live to tell the story. We're in Marangaroo. Leslie, hi. Oh, good morning. Um, it's about uh, citrus leaf miner. Uh, I've got them all through uh, baby leaves of beetroot, uh, silver beet, um, and even on one of my natives. And like when I go to brush the ferns, it's like a swarm of, I don't know what they are, come off, the, just go into the air. Um, can you give me any idea what I can do and what those sort of swarms are? Yeah. It's so small. Yeah. I, I, I just I, need to... 
Uh, I suspect it's probably whitefly. Um, citrus leaf miner, as the name suggests, are quite specific to citrus. So they are unlikely to be the little critters that are attacking your veggies and your silver beet and, and beetroot and things like that. But at the moment, whitefly are very, very prolific in everybody's garden. Mm. And the fact that you said when you disturb the bush, they yeah, like fly up a, in a, a swarm. That's a tell, tell yeah, sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a swarm. That's yeah. it. And it, 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 they leave, it's like, you know how like the citrus leaves yes, mine yeah. leaves that silvery yeah. like wiggle. Yep. Yeah. They are little sap suckers, so that's what they will do. They they eat through the, the layers of leaf tissue and that's what you can see oh, where they've right. actually chomped through the layers of chlorophyll, etc. that that are inside the leaf. So that's where that little silvery trail is is there. Well and, then help. <laughs> yeah, they're very prevalent at this time of year. They do tend to be a bit seasonal. Um you can use some things like uh, pyrethrum or um, the no, insecticidal. No, I've, I've, I've got a cat and if, if there's just some way I can, um, something I can do that that is not involving any... Any treatments? Any, yep. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's going to sound ridiculous, but you know the best thing to do is go out earlier in the morning because in the slightly cooler temperature, they're less active. They're a little bit more sluggish, a bit like myself. We go yeah. out in the morning with your vacuum cleaner. Oh, yeah, I've and heard that before. Disturb yeah. them and have and the vacuum at up. the ready. And as they fly up, then you literally suck up the suckers and they're gone. Well, I'm going to keep, as you said, as ridiculous as it sounds, I will give it a go in the morning. Absolutely. And the, the worst that can happen is you'll uh, amuse your neighbours. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have you certified. Yeah, they might do. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you very Lisa. much. So is it okay to eat the food, the leaves that they have attacked? Yeah, there's not, there won't be transmitting nasties for you. I mean, it's a bit unsightly, the damage they do, but, yeah, no, perfectly fine to still yeah, eat them. because it's even in the cat grass that I plant. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Even bloody cat grass. I just thought this this is just crazy. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much. So white fly, mm -hmm. uh, vacuum cleaner. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay. Thanks, Leslie. Good luck. Will do. Thank Cheers. you. Bye-bye. And we're in Buruga and we're chatting about a mango tree. Harold, hello. Good morning, ladies. Morning. Harold, young ladies. Uh, <laughs> I've got a 30-year-old Kensington Pride mango tree, which I spoke to yourselves about a few months ago. And it's a huge one, and it was a great Kensington Pride, great fruiter. But last year, there were only three mangoes. And I didn't even see those, but I saw the seeds on the ground, which the rats had, had a go at. So I think I put plenty of water, but what kind of fertilizer might be the best? Well, all generally speaking, a complete fertilizer. Uh, with fruiting trees and things, they do need a range of trace elements. Um, it's it's make sure there's not a lot of your know, root competition from grasses. Keep the area around the tree fairly no, well weeded. No, I've got some mulch, mulch around well. it. Yeah, perfect. Coarse mulch. Keep it well mulched with a coarse mulch. So that sounds great. And I would suggest just a, a granulated, um, granular, uh, slow release fertilizer. Something that has trace elements and things in there. That would really be be my advice. Just give it a, a bit of everything. Um, not terribly high in nitrogen 
So, right, yeah. right. Yep. And do you have any deterrent for uh, ultrasonic deterrents for rats? Oh gosh, if I if I could come up with a, a rat deterrent, yeah, I would be a multi-millionaire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could retire. Look, some mm. people say the sonic repellers work. Other people say they don't. So, I, I yeah, I don't know. It's um, an ongoing battle trying to keep them out. If you can, yeah. if they're coming up the trunk of the tree, you can look at some kind of. Bandy. No, they run along the top fence. That's right, and they jump. They're they're yeah. acrobatic. Well, the so branches go over the top yeah. fence. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I really Look wish it, I yeah. could help you with that. I'll they, see if I can buy terrible. a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Take care, Harold. All right, we're going to have a break. On the other side of this, we will be giving away the seventy-five dollar gift voucher from Bigger Trees. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Special guest in the studio with me is Linda Michener from Green Life Soil Co. And we've been working you hard this morning. And we also had Chris Ferreira, who uh, has gone back out onto the beat. He's a very busy guy from the Forever Forever Project. Uh, Chris joined us uh, just after nine o'clock and uh, had a had a really good chat about the eco apartments that are showcasing tomorrow and. Much to learn there. Very interesting. Now, if you'd like to win a $75 gift voucher, go shopping at Bigger Trees. Here is your opportunity. You must be a Curtin FM member, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Carrie actually dropped into my house during the week, which was absolutely lovely. She did a delivery to me and uh, surprise, surprise. And uh, we had a coffee and a good chat about uh, her nursery and all the different things going on there. And uh, it was really lovely to speak to her uh, person to person and hear about the frangies and the varieties that she has and the cuttings that are available. Should that be your thing? Is an excellent time to uh, speak to Carrie if, if you'd like to add to your collection. And of course, they specialise in ornamental and fruit trees. Pretty much everything in between. Fabulous place to go and uh, have a good look around. And, of course, they've got a great online opportunity at biggertrees.com.au and a Facebook page where lots of interesting things to have a look at as well. Okay, here is your question. This is John's question. In 1955, Pete Seeger combined the words from a Cossack folk song with an Irish melody, writing a song which has now been recorded by more than 50 artists in over 30 languages. Can you answer the question he asks in his song, which is, where have all the flowers gone? Okay, in 1955, Pete Seeger combined the words from a Cossack folk song with an Irish melody. The song has been recorded by more than 50 artists all over the world. And the question is, can you answer the question, where have all the flowers gone? Give Bev a call now on 94841927 and the $75 gift voucher will be on its way to you in the mail this week. Okay, let me see. Where, where, oh, okay. I do have to mention this uh, phase on our case. I talked earlier about the late flowering orchid display, which is happening at the Manning Activity Centre, 3 Downey Drive in Manning. Also, the Ferns Society have their show on today as well. And in the, in the same premise at the Mannington community, that's today and tomorrow, the Fern Society. So you've got two fabulous events happening there at Manning Activity Centre. That's three Downing Drive, Manning, today and tomorrow, 9am to 4pm today, 9am to 3pm tomorrow. Talks, demonstrations, refreshments. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a good place to hit if, you, if, you're, if you're able to. The Fern Society happening today at and tomorrow, Manning Community Centre. Okay, I think I've covered all of that and the phones will go crazy. Uh, 
such a busy weekend, have isn't it? So oh, are there so much? <laughs> I mean, yeah. At your, at your peril, try and squeeze some in. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rita from Maidervale, who has sent through something that we've had a look at here. And I've learned something, that there are some fig trees that have something called a breba crop or breva in Spanish. And basically it's like this weird little in-between crop um, that that the quality is usually not great. Uh, they are born on the previous year's main fig uh, wood and uh, basically they say some cultivars do it, some cultivars don't, uh, and the quality is very variable. So it may be that that is what you're getting on your fig trees currently, um, in which case you will still potentially get a crop on new wood um, that will be a good crop. So, yeah. Learned something about that. Okay, thank, thank you very much. And may I say, today's show has been sponsored by Latitude Lakelands Christmas Market Day celebrations, and you are invited on tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Balambi Chase in Lakelands. All right, we're just waiting for a winner to come up for our little competition. We need to sort of wrap things up. We've got a couple of minutes to go. What would you like to do, Linda Michener? Oh, uh, well, really, just thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I like, yeah, it's it's been uh, a fun and interesting show. As I said, it's always good to learn something. Your listeners themselves have got a lot of knowledge and gardening experience, and they do. there's always plenty to learn. I'll have a whinge about my own strawberries, if I may. Do they it. were coming along do very, it. very nicely, and they were almost at harvest stage, and they what? disappeared <laughs> overnight. Bandicoots. Oh, see, everyone has their their issues yes. in their garden. We all have a cross to bear. I was loving the bandicoots <laughs> until so they ate anymore. all your strawberries. <laughs> yes, I'm going to. Ha- they are in pots, but I need to raise them up even higher. Get them because, out of the way. Mm, yes, 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 yeah. And just quickly, um, off the top of your head, November what? What veggies should people be thinking about? Well, because about it's planting? been a late start to spring, yes. you, you really are not behind That's, the eight ball. The soil no. temperature is still really cool. So I would say it's not too late to even start seeds of things. Um, so tomatoes, corn, capsicum, eggplant, chilli, uh, cucumbers, pumpkins, zucchinis, um, spring onions you can get a lettuce crop in if you can keep it somewhere protected um so yeah lots of tasty summer veggies yeah what have i forgotten but yeah that's probably no, most that's, of them that's pretty well <laughs> that's pretty well covered it thank you now we do have a winner of the gift voucher linda in naranda congratulations and of course the answer was young girls have picked them everyone Okay, that was uh, John's curly question of the morning. Congratulations to Linda. Time for us to get a wriggle on. George Minoldi is up next with the classic 60s. Now, I have a very long gardenism, so bear with me, but it's very poignant. Gardeners must dance with feedback. Play with the results. Turn as they learn. Learning to think as a gardener is inseparable from the acts of gardening. Learning how to garden is learning how to slow down. Wise is the person whose heart and mind listen to what nature says. Time will tell, but we often fail to listen. Think about that one, everyone. Have fun. Thank you for your company this morning. We shall return next Saturday. And happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.